Hello, Nevadans. This is the NV Politics Podcast, where we discuss local political hot topics in the state of Nevada to keep you informed on what's going on. We're your hosts. I'm Dominique Labonte. And I'm Tim Hannafin. And we're recording this episode of NV Politics on March 1st, 2023. So let's get into it. Hello, Tim. Hello, hello. Hey, I'm excited to talk about these topics today of education, accountability, a little discussion around junk fees, and then, you know, what broke your brain this week? I had a couple things that broke my brain this week. It was actually really hard for me to land on something, so... Okay, uh, good, because I forgot about that, so I'm going to be finding one while that's we... That's perfect. Um, and don't worry, I have two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, so no we might just go with both of yours, because I was... I've been reading a lot of news, but none of which I'd like to talk about in this podcast, <laughs> and I think we know I, why. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that yeah. for sure. Okay, well, let's not hesitate. We're going to yeah, talk about education accountability and... This is coming from a Las Vegas Sun article that was posted on February 23rd. This article from the Las Vegas Sun basically shared that Steve Yeager and Senate Majority Leader Nicole Cannizzaro, they are calling upon the state's 17 public school superintendents, along with the Nevada State Public Charter School Authority, to get together for a joint meeting. This says within the next 30 days, but um, apparently Governor Lombardo actually requested almost the exact same thing, uh, but more of a written kind of trail or audit of what these schools plan to do with the extra funds that you and I have already talked about a couple of times, right? Like that extra $2 billion, which ultimately equates to an extra $2,000 per pupil for student spending. And they want to know, what are your, what are your plans? What are you going to do with this? And so they're calling on the school superintendents to put this report together, submit it. It actually was supposed to be given to Joe Lombardo today, March 1st. And then they're supposed to review the audits and decide what they want to do with this money, this funding. There is a, like, a ton of reports out that detail the cost per pupil to Mm -hmm. get a decent education in our country. Mm -hmm. So we know how much it costs per student. And I think everyone knows that Nevada is very underfunded in our education. We're doing pretty poorly. Mm -hmm. We know that we are not arguably spending enough per student. So we're giving more money per student and schools arguably just even per this Las Vegas sun article are getting 2000 more per pupil. Mm -hmm. So my second point is, is what oversight needs to be done? Spend it on the students, spend it on books, spend it on like resources for that student, spend it on getting them better education, spend it on upgrading the computers in the classroom. I don't like what oversight. And this kind of leads back to the point that I wanted to circle back with for our crazy bill trackers who are out there. This BDR number is 1043. 
The problem with it is, is that's all we have. We don't have any more text or anything other mm-hmm. than what Assemblyman Yeager has said about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I leave the question of what oversight? Why are we trying to like, oh, how are you going to spend the money? Spend it on the students. Like, I don't. So I, I'm going to come at another angle uh, yeah. from this, Tim. And that is, we all know we have been terrible at education funding for God knows how long, okay? It feels like at least the last 10 to 20 years for sure. And every governor who comes and takes office says, I'm going to be the governor of education for Nevada. I'm going to fix this. And I don't know what they have tried, but whatever it is, it hasn't worked Uh, And here we are now, we have funding, finally, right? And I'm going to read this um, this statistic that Nevada ranked 47 out of 51 for our funding level, spending $4,370 less than the national average per pupil. So... You're, you already made the point, right? We, we know we haven't had the funding. So and that's ne- while having like the fifth or sixth largest school district in the nation in it our is. state. And it is also, and I'm going to give this caveat, I don't know how legitimate this um, article is, but there was an article posted on April 22nd from, I want to say it was an ABC or NBC article, I'll try to throw it in the show notes, that's shared at that point in time, Nevada's economy was ranked the first in the nation. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. I think that article would be talking about our recovery because I think we were the best, we had the best economic recovery of any of the states. Mm-hmm. You're I correct. Don't know if it, yeah, I don't know if it was our overall economy comparatively, but... We bounce back the best overall from what I know. Yeah, I believe it, it did state it in that way. So I appreciate that clarification. So we have the economy to fund a decent education system. Somewhere within the apportionment of that general budget, we go wrong every single year or every other year. And so I guess when you say, what oversight? I say, that's the oversight I want. We're saying we have this money right now. Make sure it goes exactly to where these educators are saying it should go, period. I I just want to make sure that this money isn't spent on that oversight. That's, that's my a, concern. I love like, that. And I can yeah, appreciate that, that. That's my biggest concern because when I hear this, I'm like, oh, you're putting out the bill to like do oversight, but I, you better not be funded by this $2 billion, And it sounds like it will be. And that's mm-hmm. more of my problem where it's like, we don't need oversight from the money on how to spend the money. We need the oversight already there. The mm-hmm. money needs to go to education. And with how our government works, they love to pull money from the education fund as say, oh, we'll get it somewhere else. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to see where this ends up, what the oversight actually is. And hopefully they listen to the educators, the superintendents, they 
get everything that they need because let's do it. Let's finally make this thing happen and give our students the education that they deserve and should absolutely have based on our economic resources available to us. Yeah. Just for our listeners, there is a really great article that the Nevada Independent posted on February 21st. So just about a week ago, titled How Fair is School Funding in Nevada? It was actually written by an educator, Jen Losher. And it's a really great article. Jen lays out three specific areas that they believe the funding Uh, where it should go and how it should be invested. They were just real high-level bullets, increase funding levels without supplanting, so again, without reapportioning from that general budget. Uh, True weighted funds, meaning they're actually spreading out the funding across different school levels of uh, unique poverty districts uh, so that it is actually weighted across students and then being transparent with new at-risk criteria and making sure that it's actual criteria that students are meeting and we're not changing it based on our own standards so that the right students get the correct funding. So I highly encourage, if you haven't checked that out, if you are interested in what we could potentially do with some of this funding. Read that article. Yes. And then the only other thing around this education accountability, I stumbled across this article from 8 News Now about substitute teacher licensing revisions. And so this is going to be revised under the Assembly Bill 182. So the AB 182 flatly prohibits anyone from obtaining a license to teach without first obtaining a bachelor's degree, but puts the extra substitute license in place. Uh, The bill also requires a person who holds a teaching endorsement in certain fields of specialization to teach only in that specific field. So a language specialist would not be allowed to teach a math class or vice versa. So the assembly bill would create the new substitute license and seek several new restrictions related to teacher qualifications. And I read this article and I felt like I could hear the tone of the author's voice, probably similar to yours, Tim, who's basically saying, we can barely retain teachers as it is. Why are we creating more restrictions? Um, But also, We just talked about the higher levels of accountability that's needed with this increased funding. And so, I mean, if at some point we're going to raise our standards, do we do we do it now or do we wait? Well, I just to kind of counter that, the first thing I want to talk about is that I can't speak for one of the bill sponsors because I don't know them. But I do know two of the sponsors personally, and I do know them to be either current or former educators. Mm. So they are, you know, people who have spent time in the classroom. Yeah. So even if, you know, the article is written by someone who might be of my mindset of like, why are we, we already have enough of a problem. I, it's, it's a catch 22 because yes, we have a problem getting teachers and everything, but Substitute teachers are generally just some random Joe Schmo who goes online and says, I want to be a substitute teacher. (laughs) And they go there and there's not too much 
I, I don't want to say actual teaching that they can do, but I mean, even myself, who I have a chemistry degree, and if you were to send me into a generic chemistry class in like high school, I'd still probably have some some trouble just conveying that concepts, those concepts or that material to those students sure. without having some proper training or mm-hmm. some practice reteaching. Yes, I've got some experience in a teaching setting, but that was five years ago. I, I, that's mm-hmm. dusting some stuff off. I would struggle with that. So to expect anyone to be able to go in and teach some of the content is a little bit difficult. Even more so, this is coming from educators in our legislature who... That means that I guarantee you Selena's on a six-month leave of absence, and she's got an extended sub in her class to finish mm-hmm. out this semester. Mm-hmm. She wrote this bill. I guarantee you she's got concerns about the qualifications of the subs teaching her class. <laughs> she wants to make sure that her students are so left behind. Well, I, I know, I know that's, I that's weird to think about, but I've spoken with one of my former teachers who had to leave school and leave teaching because of health reasons. And I'm not going to get into it, but as a student, I got it and I understood Mm -hmm. it. And I was like, well, yeah, she can't teach us next year. And I recently talked with her and she conveyed to me that she, no, there were parents who were angry and yelled Mm -hmm. at her because they felt she abandoned their kids. Jeez. And I'm like, what? And she even felt guilty about it. And like, I could see it in her face that she felt Mm -hmm. guilty for abandoning us. And I was like, I don't even feel that. But these teachers care so much about their students that they want to make sure that, you know, they're leaving them in good hands. So yes, we do have a qualification shortage and things, but Mm -hmm. I'm just knowing who wrote this bill, they, there's some, there's some reason behind it. And of course, you know, of They're course. tired of I, the Joe Schmo. Look, when <laughs> when I had a substitute teacher when I was in school, it meant movie day, right? Like yeah. <laughs> straight up. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like I this makes I sense to when, me for sure. Yeah, I remember when, you know, for example, that teacher did have to step out and it wasn't even at the end of the year. It was in the middle of the year. That's how bad the health mm-hmm. complications were. Mm-hmm. So I did have a long term sub for a large part of, I think it was that year. It might've been a different year, but I do remember having a long-term sub for a year and it was rough. And we had two of them because the first one couldn't like the first one was a great sub in the sense of she was a fun (laughs) sub. And Mm -hmm. then we got the shitty sub in the sense of she was a good teacher, but I mean, she sucked because like it was, she she was a good teacher. Yeah. she, She was strict, but it was like, well, I mean, she, it worked. So. There you go. Yeah. Hey, look. I digress, yeah. I'm, I'm good with more accountability if that means a better education system. Yep. For our state, for sure. Well, shall we dive headfirst into junk fees? <laughs> I wish everyone could see your face right now, Tim. I know you're so excited about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So excited. Okay, so the Las Vegas... <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, we're recording. So the Las Vegas Sun posted an article on February 12th about the Junk Fee Prevention Act. 
And if you watch the State of the Union, Biden kind of hinted at this, and this is an aim at banning surprise charges ranging from overdraft fees to undisclosed costs when purchasing airline and concert tickets. And the way Biden put it was also resort fees for hotels that aren't actually like resorts. And this was really interesting doing some research on this because it is very evident. I'll say this first. Tourism is Nevada's bread and butter. It is the hand that feeds our economy. That whole thing we just talked about with the Nevada economy recovering from the pandemic uh, the fastest or doing the best at it, um, that is because of our tourism industry. All gaming revenue. Yes. All gaming revenue. And with that, there is some probably significant hesitation from local Democrats who are like, yeah, get rid of those junk fees, Biden, but resorts here, those are real, and we need to make sure that we're still charging them. That's essentially how Dina Titus put it. It's how Catherine Cortez Masto put it. There was a very careful treading of this topic uh, in everything that I've kind of researched around it. So I thought maybe we could talk about what is a resort fee. Before I say anything, as a current and possibly future, or well, prior and then possibly future politician in this state, mm-hmm. um, go resort fees. Uh, <laughs> now let's actually <laughs> dive into some of the nitty and gritty of it. When I read junk fees, my first thoughts aren't like, yes, I know it's targeting around the resort fees and non-resort resort fees, but hotels can get around that and call them other things. They could call them oh, amenity yeah. fees. They could start charging a pool fee. Like yes. every hotel has a pool. It could be indoor, but like they, they can get around that. And this leads into my point, and you'll, of course, list some other things that could be junk fees. But I feel I am a part of a generation that has been conditioned to not care. simply because they're like, I am of the generation that started to grow up during credit card fees, where Mm -hmm. if I use a credit card somewhere, I kind of already automatically expect that there's like an extra little thing at the bottom of like, oh yeah, you used a credit card or like I get charged a dollar or like 40 cents more just because I used a credit card or I used a card that's out of network or like (laughs) some dumb like stupid thing like that. Mm -hmm. And it's been my entire life. And I've been struggling with that now for nine years of my economic life of just secret fees or fees that weren't advertised. And then at the end, it's like, oh yeah, you got your shipping and handling, you got your tax, you got your, you got your separate handling fee, you got your boxing fee. And that's for an order I put on Amazon for food that wasn't prime. (laughs) Like, and yes, these are extreme examples, but I, that's my two cents. I just, I feel it's, it's something that my generation uniquely has been conditioned to not care about because we got hit with so many different fees all the time. Well, I guess that makes me old and grumpy. <laughs> um, but let me, let me give you some more data behind this. Okay. So the federal trade commission 
They define resort fees as per room, per night, mandatory charges levied by some high-end resorts and certain hotels for amenities, like you said, Tim, uh, the pools, spas, high-speed internet, fitness centers. This is a Generally, fun... Generally, the high-speed internet, you have to pay a separate fee separately. You're paying yeah. a resort fee for the general internet. They need to get rid there's... of the word high for yeah. speed internet here. I agree with you, Tim. We get the shitty well, internet. <laughs> uh, we To not get into this too much, because this is a political <laughs> podcast, high-speed internet is actually the technical term that describes that band of internet so it's Mm. not that like they're doing bad advertising it's that techies named internet horrible back in the day because we didn't think (laughs) it would get this fast like no seriously yeah it's it's a whole thing so but for hotels uh, (laughs) there is no high speed internet anywhere in any hotel fight me Argue with me. We'll talk about this later. Okay, listen. I'll, in 20, no, I'll agree with that. <laughs> in 2018, resorts and hotels raked in $2.9 billion in resort fees alone. Okay, this is according to a report from New York University. So this is a lot of money. So I can see why our local politicians are kind of backpedaling a little bit. Again, We don't want to bite the hand that feeds us here. Um, And so when we're talking about... Second largest lobbyist, just saying. Yes. Sorry. What was it? Was it MGM? Was it? Yeah, it was MGM. We talked about it last episode. If you don't know what we're referring to, go back and listen to episode four. Here's where I'm at. I'm just going to tell you where I'm at with these amenities. And then I'm going to actually share some examples. I went and did some internet sleuthing to see what this is realistically looking like for us. Actually, let's do that first. Okay, so I pulled up resorts in Nevada, and I did them in different parts of Nevada. So I did a Las Vegas resort, which is the Venetian Hotel. I did a Henderson, Nevada resort, which was Hilton Lake, Las Vegas. I researched a Reno resort, Atlantis, and also a Lake Tahoe resort of the Hyatt Regency. So here's where we landed. Venetian. In the very fine gray print in the bottom right corner, it mentioned that there was a potential resort fee. When I got to the final checkout page, boom, $90. For the Hilton, Lake Las Vegas in Henderson, it said it straight up right when I started, right on the main page, there's resort fees. It was $58. The Atlantis, they listed all of the amenities on their main page, said nothing about a resort fee until final checkout, $80 resort fee. Lake Tahoe Resort, which was the Hyatt Regency in Incline Village, they too showed the price per night, all these great amenities they have, and not until the very final checkout page, $113 in resort fees. So I put the same stay for all of these hotels from June 2nd to 4th for fun. And that's what they got me. Obviously all different price resort fees. I will say Hilton did it right. They were the most transparent. And this will lead me to where I stand with this issue. I don't know how everybody else feels, but how many people actually use all of these amenities? And if we don't, why should I have to pay for them? Okay, 
I like a gym in my hotel. I'm one of those weirdos who exercises when I'm on vacation. But I'm not going to use that nightclub shuttle service. That's not how I roll. So why would I want to pay that? So is there a way for resorts to be more transparent, offer a la carte amenity pricing or fees, or just give us the option if we want them all or not? So immediately when you were saying like you had the differing prices per areas. Mm -hmm. One of the key things that I know about this state, and this could either further your argument or hinder your argument, but hotels like to change rates based on different conventions. Yeah, I believe that. And during that specific time, there is a Ducks Unlimited convention happening in Vegas. Mm. So I would already presume that their rates are going to be higher than what you'll see in some of the other areas across the state. I don't know if that actually correlated to the numbers you rattled off, but that's just a thought of like, I'm like, oh, well, there's going to be some changes in some areas. Uh, You know, the other... I guess the other point there, and I just kind of think of it as an economist, mm-hmm. you, you, it's a sunk cost, but it's a sunk cost that you still have to make back because it's still something that you're paying for. So for example, you put a pool in a hotel, it costs money to put the pool in the hotel and it also costs money per day mm-hmm. to keep the pool heated, keep the run, the mm-hmm. water running, like mm-hmm. to keep it there. It, mm-hmm. It's just, it, it costs money, period. Then raise your and room rates. B- but say that you want to charge per the use of the pool. So every time you scan in your your room, it's charged at the end of your stay, mm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's the, the possibility of people tailgating in. I'm not even going to yeah. count that. We're going to count a perfect system where everyone's honest and they actually just card in that way. Sure. Now, what happens when no one uses the pool? Like, and I know that that's, it's weird to think of, but like when no one actually uses the amenities that you've invested your time to build and put into that facility, and then you have to pay to maintain, and then no one's going to use, you're just going to take out that amenity and I'll turn it into it other I'll say it again, rooms. just increase your room rates. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's one of those where, yeah, I, yeah. It's going to be but less that, attractive, right, to consumers, but hey, your ass will be covered and you'll still be able to provide amenities. Uh, but yeah, it might be at the cost. Hey, you're already used to paying the extra fees, you're, Tim. You're pissing <laughs> off both the accounting and the legal departments of every casino everywhere right now because they're just like, wait, what? what? No, 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 no. I'm I sure need that. No, no, we need the money. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> Yeah, again, as we do, Tim, I'm sure yeah. we're oversimplifying something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Final point, though. Apparently, 94% of all hotels do not charge resort fees. And so these resort fees are likely very unique to Nevada. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, we, we, have to, we have to make money somehow, okay? That's all I'm <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Okay. What broke our brain? We've got uh, a little You've over five minutes here. You've got two topics, and we're going to let you do both of them because my brain was broken by other stuff this week. Okay. Well, I hope that what I share breaks your brain. Um, it is, it's two 
subtopics under one main topic, and that is the state of Florida. The state of Florida continues to break my brain on a near daily basis um, lately. The very first one that broke my brain this week was hearing that the new College of Florida's Board of Trustees abolished the office handling diversity, equity, and inclusion programs during a meeting on Tuesday. And students are worried that a board reshaped by Mr. Ron DeSantis is making the school unwelcome to minorities. So he just reappointed the school board. I'm not even going to get into the Disney board that he just appointed. That's a whole other thing. Luckily, I'm not a Disney person, so it's not something that I'm crazy into. But this was very compelling, but I guess not shocking, knowing that it came from Florida. I I just I don't know how to say this. So I'm just going to try and describe it and hope that the point gets conveyed. But I keep seeing this more and more. So I'm just going to use the term that they keep throwing at us because it's what's happening. But there is a whole lot of anti wokeism happening, <laughs> and it's our white detrimental. <laughs> Yeah, like I guess that that's almost a better term because it's, mm-hmm. and I don't want to call it necessarily white supremacy because I think that that's an overgrouping of all the actions that I'm describing. Sure. Because I'm not just talking about stuff like this, but there has been so much just overreactions from that side of the aisle on mm-hmm. so many different policies mm-hmm. that it just seems like they are they're trying to run to the other side of this, like, Oh my God, there's just all this woke stuff happening. And they keep using that as an excuse. And that's the only reason why I keep using that term. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, it, it's woke, blah, blah, blah. So we got to do the op. And they're using it to just justify the most absurd things on mm-hmm. the other end of the spectrum. Most of it. Yes. is probably white supremacist, but I don't want to say that as all of this. Cause all of them might just be some dumb policies that aren't necessarily rooted in anything racist per se but they're just stupid uh, well, but most of them well, are let probably me hand you the racist. second then the the, yeah. the part two here and and then let's reassess <laughs> your assessment okay so florida republicans pitched a bill to eliminate the florida democratic party now let me tell you how they're going about this if you haven't heard about it it's called the ultimate cancel act and It would require the state's division of elections to immediately cancel, that is their terminology, they are canceling, the filings of any political party whose platform had previously advocated for or been in support of slavery or involuntary servitude. This bill, which is SB 1248, would require Florida officials to notify all registered voters who belong to any canceled parties that their party no longer exists. It would also change their voter registration to no party affiliation and provide procedures for those voters to update their affiliation to an active political party. (laughs) You're researching it now. Are you like, what is this? They are effectively trying to purposely cancel the Democratic Party in the state of Florida. I mean, that's... 
your brain looks broken, Tim. Well, yeah, because my only thing is, is like there, I, I kind of get it because like, yeah, okay, Lincoln would have been a Republican back then. Yep. And the Democrats back then supported mm-hmm. the slavery, mm-hmm. but there was somewhere along the way where ideologies flipped. So I guarantee you that somewhere along the lines, Republicans supported that exact thing. But that's right. So there'd also Mm-mm. like it was the Democrats in the Civil War that were on the other side, and so well, but but no, no, it doesn't matter because eventually you know, like, it flips, is what yeah, you're eventually saying. It flips, yes, they, around Nixon, right? But like, and and with uh, that flip, they supported <laughs> indentured servitude in our criminal system time and time again. <laughs> Your, your brain's trying to force it here, too. <laughs> no, no, it's not even trying to force it. I'm just more saying they they eat themselves in, like, they shoot themselves in the foot without realizing it because they're trying to ban the other guys, and also they ban themselves. Like, they'd have, what, the, the Whigs back? Like, are they trying to bring back the Whig party? It is the trollingest of trolls of the Republicans in Florida. It broke my brain. And Florida continues to break my brain. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. On on that note, I th- I think shall we wrap it up, Tim? Yes, I think we should. All right, everyone. There. Thank you so much for listening on education accountability, talking about junk fees, and a little bit more conversation about Florida than I really wanted to have. If I'm honest, yay, Tim, junk fees. <laughs> Yes, um, the Democrats, we support junk fees. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Honorary Nevadans supports junk fees. (laughs) All right, everyone, you have a great week, and we will be back here same time next week. Same time, same channel. Have a good one. Have a good one. (laughs) 